Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. Welcome to episode 12, and as you know, the season's now more than a quarter of the way through. We kind of wanted to take a break from looking at the historical side of baseball and kind of talk about some more current baseball guys, because while there are some guys in the major leagues that are in the twilight of their career, and they're coming down to their final seasons and will ultimately be a Hall of Fame inductee as soon as their, you know, waiting period is up, essentially, there are a lot of guys, actually, that if you look, that you'd be surprised that they've put up, essentially, Hall of Fame numbers over their career, and you could see a pretty sizable expansion to the, the, the Hall of Fame roster coming up here. You know, when I was thinking about Hall of Famers playing right now, I think that there there would be not that many of them playing at any one time. But if you look back, you know, there's more people playing at any one time that actually end up in the Hall of Fame in any given year. And there are a lot of players playing right now who could be in the Hall of Fame. But we've identified, uh, I think, nine of them as what we'd call slam dunks. Yeah, there's like nine guys. And I think looking at the list... You probably would say, yeah, all of these guys are going to be Hall of Famers one day. I don't think all of them are certainly first ballot ones, but right. there's actually a good number of them that probably are. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going through the list, you got to start with like a guy that's like done something that pretty much guarantees you get into the Hall of Fame just because I can't imagine that there's a guy that won has won the Triple Crown and not made it to the Hall of Fame. That's uh, to my knowledge, there has been nobody who has won the triple crown on that. Miguel Cabrera obviously has won a triple crown. He's, I mean, 315 career hitter with like over 480 home runs. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, for what it's worth, and and we like that consistency career war of 69. Anytime you got a number with a six in front of it as a position player and you play, you know, anything less than 20 years, that's a big number. Yeah, you're you're putting up some impressive. And especially because he had some years in there where he didn't play particularly much. So um, another guy who I think is absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, and he's got uh, a career war of 100. A hundred. A hundred. Yeah. I'll say it again. A hundred career war in that's 19 like, seasons. That's when you, when you, when you get above a hundred, that's when you stop. You're not just, you're not just a hall of famer. You're talked about in that echelon of guys like bonds, like absolutely undeniable more than a generational player almost if you had 659 career home runs you've added 299 for your career a career on base plus slugging of 147 uh you would one take, and even won some gold gloves in yes there. and made himself into a fielder and of course we're talking about albert pujols and, and he's the kind of guy where that war number actually gets more impressive if you're like if you just had stopped playing when you got to the angels basically that's a great point because I think if you if you really haven't you know been a baseball fan for a really long time, you might have missed when Pujols was just unbelievable when he played with the Cardinals before he went to the American League and signed that big contract. And even then, just those years on the Cardinals, I don't think anybody's ever had a better start to their like first ten seasons than Albert Pujols, except maybe another guy that's on this list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he is eligible right now yep. for the Hall of Fame with this season, given the twenty games or so, uh, not even yet twenty games that they've played uh, with a. 73 career war in nine years which is just bonkers (laughs) averaging an eight war a season how about that that's barry bonds like right there i mean that's just nutty numbers and uh, and his career stats uh uh, you know already or at in the you know getting to the aggregate numbers right and we we can get into this a little bit i think it's worthwhile doing yeah because i think the aggregate numbers is going to be something that has to changes over time 
Right, right, right. So, like, you know, we used to say 500 home runs or 400 home runs was a slam dunk into the Hall of Fame. Um, I still, and I, and we, of course, we know guys that have 600 home runs that are not in the Hall of Fame. So, no longer is that an automatic ticket. No, no, that I think 3,000 hits would get you in the Hall of Fame. I think it still might because I can't. There certainly are no guys that got 3,000 hits that aren't 3,000 hits. I feel like it's a little different, like because you can, it's harder to get 3,000 hits and not be an effective player. Whereas you could be a guy that hits a lot of home runs in your career, but you really weren't that effective of a player. So the player we're talking about, of course, is Mike Trout, who, in addition to you know hitting home runs and and hitting for average and playing a Gold Glove quality center field, also has like 170 stolen bases. Yeah, he steals a ton so, of. He does everything. That's the thing is that he's one of those true actual five tool guys. So he's the kind of guy that we'd say if he didn't play another game. He probably gets it. Would he be a Hall of Famer? That's hard when you only play because you don't have the aggregate stats like we were saying Mm -hmm. in terms of totals for your, you know, home runs and RBIs and whatnot. So, um, and and another guy who doesn't have career stats that would necessarily knock your socks off when you talk about career war, um, 40.1 career war. But the position, I think, is relevant. As a catcher, that is true. 16 years as a catcher is is something to celebrate in the major leagues. Yeah, you don't last that long. Exactly. And to be as effective as he's been for that period of time. 281 career batting average for a catcher. Okay, one of the... Well, but that's not what he's that. I mean, he's he's had some big hits. He's broken our hearts a few times. Yes, yes. yes. But he is he is. I mean, Yadier Molina, who is of course the catcher we're talking about, is one of the best defensive catchers there's ever been. I, I you know nine gold gloves. Okay, that at catcher that just and is that basically means for a decade this guy was the best fielding catcher in the National League. And I also found that he has sixty six career steals. And you know the old joke about he runs well for a catcher. Well, you know what <laughs> he runs well for a catcher. And what I think is also interesting is that there's actually like a handful of pitchers that are Hall of Fame locks, essentially. Yeah. I think two guys for sure. I I, I know you really like the third guy. I think his career numbers are really impressive, and he's kind of done it in a very mercenary way. Yeah, yeah. So to talk you about – You don't like him. I know. You're not a big – well, I should say you just – you don't like his mercenary nature, I think. Yeah, I think – Zach Greinke. Yeah. And I think the other two guys are obviously Clayton Kershaw – actually, three. There's Clayton Kershaw, Scherzer, and Verlander. Yeah. The, all of those guys, right? And 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 I think when you look at you break down the stats. So let's start with Granky, right? So and, and pitcher war, we've talked about it along. Some of the pitcher wars were really low, actually. Uh, not for these guys, though. However, and I think what's interesting is that you know, despite bouncing and playing for like not a lot of great teams, not because all the time, yeah. he was a he, he got traded a lot. He still managed to have a career whip of like 1.15 and have over 200 wins. And right. you don't I think wins are, are are still something while you can get them in a single season, I think they can necessarily be representative of how good you were because the team could have just hit really well in your starts that season. And those Royal teams, as I recall, he pitched for were not very good teams. No. And it was it was hard to get wins for those guys. But that's not going to happen over career. You're not going to like luck your way into 200 wins. Absolutely. And, and and he of those four, right, you're talking about the other three you yeah. consider are slam dunks. I think the other three are slam dunks. And and I think and that's less and that's not even necessarily Granky's fault. I think that's just necessarily the way baseball fans and writers think because people are romantic that way and they like a guy that stuck with his team yeah. over a guy that just went whoever was paying him the most money he, or he, he was traded to. He's he's got enough. And you know, so Verlander is a guy who's got you know, that impressed me, the 3,000 strikeouts, 
Both yeah, especially because that's not something a lot of people. That, that's one of the things not a lot of people do. That right. That, that's you know. I know that's sort of a cumulative stat, but still, you got to put up every year. And people are pitching less innings now than they used to when they would get three thousand strikeouts. So it's it's that much harder to get it, and that's because the strikeouts and per nine inning ratio. And it's not goes like he's up. done that in that many seasons. It's not like he's had some kind of endless career to all like a, a compile strikeouts. So Verlander, you know, with a seventy-one career WAR, uh, two hundred twenty-six wins, a career WHIP of one point one three. Those are just all you know hall of fame stats i mean it's like the same thing with kershaw like like there's virtually like in terms of like kershaw what's more impressive is the career era of 245 and the whip of one like one that's just to do that as a starting pitcher you're happy if you're like elite reliever can put that up for a season he had a career of that and another guy who has 2476 k's and 2284 innings so more than a strikeout per inning for his career and i think scherzer He's probably the one who has the smallest resume of work just because he's pitched only 13 seasons, which is the lowest at. Actually, no. Yeah. Kershaw's pitched only 12. Yeah, yeah they're right there. So, but so, I mean, still, he's got 60 and 13, 2,700 strikeouts. Like, yeah, a career whip of 1.09. I mean, that's a Hall of Famer. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think so. It's like when you look at those nine guys, you've yeah. got Hall of Famers. I think. Once you move away from those guys, it starts getting a little harder. And now you've got guys that either need to put up a few more really good seasons or even just you just don't know. So, uh, you know, we talked about Yadier being in there because of his nine gold gloves and his leadership, right? A great, you know, playoff performer. Um, and I'd put Buster Posey has that same sort of pedigree as a playoff performer. Certainly the Giants having one World Series while he was catching. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't quite have the defense. He has one gold glove. Must have been the year Yadier got hurt or something because, uh, I, you know, Yadier won nine of them. Um, but he has it. He's got his four silver sluggers, does Buster Posey. An MVP. An MVP. And, and his career war of 41 in 10 seasons only, 41.8, um, averaging four a year. And again, at the catcher position, you, you... But he's not been a catcher as much recently. I think he's he's played a lot of first base. He has played outside of the catcher position, but and he's still a primary catcher. He's still a primary catcher, but it's only been 10 seasons. Yeah, he and he to- hasn't put up the kind of... And he hasn't been that kind of otherworldly performer like Yadier has been, at least defensively. So we have another category called needs to do more, but you're suggesting that maybe Buster Posey is still in that needs to do a little I more. I think he's above that a little bit, needs to do more, like our guys that just like they just really haven't played long enough and amassed enough yet, whereas Posey, you know, theoretically is already kind of on the bubble. We go back and forth on this next guy. Um, for some reason, I just don't love this player. When I looked at his statistics, and maybe I should read them first, and you, you, you'll you, not have the bias that I did just listening to his name. So a career war of 46 uh, plus in 13 seasons. Okay, so that's averaging, uh, you know, three and change per season. That's good. 344 career home runs. All right, that's not spectacular, but that's good. 298 career average. Okay, with the home runs, that's good. 1,100 RBIs, five silver sluggers, career ops at 135. Wow, that's that's pretty good. And that's Ryan Braun. Yeah, and you wouldn't think of him as a guy that has those kinds of career statistics. Ryan Braun's or, not a Hall of Famer, is he? Or that he's played 13 seasons. Yeah, but but when you look at the stats and you see that now, also, maybe, you know, at that position that he played, he played some third and now he's in the outfield, maybe he needs a few more years of, of you know, 
getting over 400 home runs and keeping the average near 300 and maybe the, the, the rally for Scott Rowland, you know, we think that's going to eventually get I, him I in think the especially same thing. for and something Rowland has over him certainly the is fielding, the defense. Yeah. So I think that for Ryan Braun is the issue for him is that I think just being a guy that hit 300 home runs and was a really good hitter. I'm not trying to take away anything from Ryan Braun. But if, if you're going to say, you know, hit less than 400 home runs and, and be a 300 hitter, I don't think that just makes you a Hall of Famer anymore. So uh, it's a good segue into the next guy. He also was a uh, is a third baseman, uh, still playing, obviously. Uh, career war 56 in 12 years. And that's pretty impressive. That's more than four a season. So it raises my eyebrows a little bit when I see that. Uh, and he's got almost 300 career home runs. Uh, at the third base position, uh, three gold gloves. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's impressive. The two sixty seven career average for Evan Longoria that holds him back a little and, bit. And I think especially when you have less than three hundred home runs, if you're going to hit two sixty seven, he needs to be at like four fifty. If he wants to be a Hall, he, he's not going to get there. And he is not. Going to <laughs> he's not going to get there, Evan Longoria. So I, I would have never put Evan Longoria on my. Yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer list. But statistically, in terms of the way you measure things, he's a guy that gets into the conversation. That's all. That's all we're saying. Now, you you brought this guy up, so I put him on the list here, um, and because he's had some really good recent seasons, but over ten seasons, JD Martinez only has, yes. a, you know, career yeah. WAR of twenty four, um, but. You know, he's had 231 home runs in those 10 years, 137 ops plus. So he, he just needs to do this for like... Yeah, I think, yeah, he's definitely the kind of guy that's in a need to do more. Five or six years. Where just, he's just not there yet. Yeah, I think, no, no. I think like... And I think there are some other guys... And as a DH, by the way, I would say that makes it more difficult for him really in my eyes. It makes it really hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes it really hard. I think there are some guys, though, that like are in this category that kind of do belong there. Like, I'll, I'll go to bat for one of the guys I really like, and Joey Votto. Yeah, you, you well, I, I I like this player. I mean, who doesn't like? If you're a baseball fan, you like Joey Votto. So yeah, you know, twelve years career war of sixty two. Uh, you know, Joey Votto has been one of the best fielding first basemen in the National League for years. Un- doesn't strike out. Great OBA. Great on base. Great, pretty much every aspect of his game. He's the kind of guy I think, uh, especially because he's done it all right and and you you almost are happy for him and the reds that they are good this season because he has been in that he has been on that team and they have not been good at all and and you know his uh career war of 62 is the highest of all the guys you know on an average as well having an average of over five a season and yet i still feel like it would be really good for joey Votto if he were to you know, another two three seasons yeah then, then he come, then he goes to like from yeah. like he should be in there to like yeah he's a slam dunk yeah yeah, yeah. i think there's some guys we we kind of identify that are at the 10 season mark that i or or over it and i just don't think We'll get there. They're just, they're just, I mean, they're, they're good players, certainly, but like guys like Andrew McCutcheon yeah, no. and, and Lorenzo Cain and, and Jose Altuve, as good as they've been in the, especially some of those guys recently, they're just really good baseball. Well, I, I couldn't believe that Altuve has played 10 seasons, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that, that, re- that blew, blew me away a little bit. And, you know, Altuve. Boy, he still looks like he's going to be playing at this high level. Uh, five silver sluggers, a gold glove, an MVP, 313 career batting average at the second base position. I, I, I think of those guys, yep. he has the best yep. one of separating himself also because of the position he plays. As an outfielder, I just don't think the um, McCutcheon and Kane will get there with the stats I, they I need. Not, so not now. No, no. And, I, and I think at least for batters, that's what you're going to see with the shift. I think in how we judge the Hall of Fame. I just don't think you're going to see 
the same types of compiling statistics just kind of get you in there because, well, you got that many, so therefore you're kind of a Hall of Famer now. I know when we talked about Lou Whitaker, right, in the, in the first show and saying that he's a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame and he had, you know, the home runs at the second base position and he had hit for power at a time where that position wasn't a power position, so it made him look even better with some speed and, and good defense. Uh, but aggregate, because he hit over 200 home runs, I'm not sure that hitting 200 home runs at second base anymore is your ticket, you know, going to get you there that much It just gets faster. you in because you did that. Like, so, like, a guy like Pedroia could hurt him. Yeah, well, Pedroia, you know, what an interesting guy. And, of course, he hasn't played in two years. Um, and and he's he's got a career war of 51 in 12 years. So, again, that's over four. He has his MVP. Um Excellent, oh, over 300 career batting average. But as, if you ask me, is Dustin Pedroia a Hall of Famer right now? Uh, without looking at the stats, I'd say nice player, mm-hmm. not a Hall of Famer. Um, and you probably, you know, would we didn't cover him in the first in the top one. Actually, uh, we, we we neglected him. Another second baseman who plays for um, our beloved Mets at this point is Robinson Cano. Yes. Okay, so let's let's uh, double Go, back double and back talk and about, talk about a guy that is going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? Because you know Cano already has done enough to be in the Hall of Fame, and you want to get on him for uh, you know the the uh, steroid uh, you know pickup in a test a few years for which he served eighty games. You know that doesn't mean you know that he hasn't had an amazing career uh, at that position again. So he's got his two Gold Gloves at second base with three hundred and twenty five homers. And, and that's the difference that's, between him and a guy like Lou Whitaker is that Cano was unqu- wasn't just an elite hitting second baseman he was an elite hitter oh that's great that's great and 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 the the you know 68 career war i think Lou Whitaker was about a 71 so that's similar but in uh, a lot less seasons in less seasons and five silver sluggers and seven time all-star for Cano uh you know if he puts up a few more seasons, I think even the doubters will will not be. I mean, I say put up a few more seasons. If he's got 350 homers and he keeps his average, you know, close to that, you know, 300 level, uh, it's you know, I think going to be too hard to keep him out. I think what's going to be brutal though is that because th- there's a, a decent spread in terms of the positions that a lot of the current guys that like we think are going to be slam dunks and going to be making it and they're going to get. I think what's going to be brutal is that because there's. Three or four really dominant starting pitchers that are probably going to be slammed on Hall of Famers. That there's this group of guys that are really good starters that I think are going to get excluded just because they're not going to be able to put that many starters in at once. Well, and and that's that happens in every generation, right? Of players of the guys that he was really good. And that's how you get to be in almost Cooperstown. Yeah, you, you were really good. But he, unfortunately, you played at the same time as Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, and Justin Verlander. And that's that, that's why Buster Posey wins one gold glove and Yadier Molina wins nine. You know, maybe Posey was good enough to win three or four, but he played when Yadier did. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think guys like Chris Sale and Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, so so Bumgarner, you know, look at his career. So that's a great guy to bring up because we we are not talking about the postseason, maybe, uh, but we should because particularly as it pertains to Madison Bumgarner. I think it helps him. It's something that you okay. could, but at the same time, he's only he's got a hundred and nineteen wins, no Cy Youngs, and thirty seven career WAR. I think I think the WAR and the Cy Youngs. But if I tried to say he's only got this many wins, you'd be jumping all over me, going, "Well, we don't even use wins as an evaluation anymore." Right, but but. There isn't anything that I can point to Bumgarner being a Hall of Fame pitcher outside of, well, he was amazing that one postseason. But he had here two postseasons he was really two good post at, right? Two postseasons. One in particular. One in post- that he was really, really dominant in. And 
there's just not enough there to say that he should be enshrined in the Hall of Fame of baseball. So he has two silver sluggers. I guess Granke also is like a really good hitter. Granke's a really good hitter. But but uh, is there a way Madison Bumgarner gets in the Hall of Fame? What does he have to do now that he is uh, with his new team? I think if he can put up another couple do- – I think for a lot of these guys – it, it would take another couple dominant seasons, at least in this group, because in this group, you've got Madison Bumgarner, Chris Sale, Arietta, who I, I don't think has a chance, and Strasburg. Each of them has really only played 10 or 11 seasons. They need to have another three or four really solid good seasons, I think, if they want to elevate their chances to have at least them stand out from the pack. Because the other problem they're going to have is they're all going to cannibalize one another. Whereas I think like Cole Hamill's who's played 14 seasons. There's kind of three other guys. And you've got Hamels, Lester, and Hernandez, who have all played 14 or more seasons. I think of those guys, Hernandez is the only one that I would really, in my mind, I think kind of elevate him outside of that group right now. He was so clearly better than what his stats <laughs> well, were Well, yeah, suggesting. that's true. I and mean, he had that, he was, you know, he, he made the, you know, having a 14 and 12 record getting the Cy Young possible, right? Guy had, you know, and the one loss record that, you know, wasn't very good and still won the Cy Young. And that sort of changed the way voters look at not naming I, Cy Young. He, he has 2,500 strikeouts and a career whip of 1.2. I, I would agree that if I had to look at that list of pitchers and say, okay, between Arietta, Lester, Hamels, um, I might put Sale aside for a second, uh, and Strasburg. Those guys, uh, Hernandez is a better pitcher than all of those guys. Yeah, uh, th- Lester, though, but, but let's look at Lester as, you know, you talk about aggregate stats. Uh, forget about the war, which was 45 and 14 years. 191 and 109 wins, losses. But when you think about Lester, mm-hmm. okay, he played for the Red Sox that won the World Series. He played, he's played for good teams, to winning teams, and that's how you amass a lot of wins, and he gets a lot of innings out there. So his career whip of 1.26 is good. Yeah, I think it's just he's... A really, he's a Hall of Very Good yeah, pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's almost made it to Cooper's Town. So, so Strasburg, on the other hand, I think if you look at the, his his highlight stats, career whip of 1.08, 112 and 58 wins and losses. That's pretty good. Um, only 10 years. He's only got 1,700 I, I just don't think it's enough. That, well, I it think isn't now. That's for sure. That's that's for a lot of these guys and kind of some of the batters we're going to bring up here in a minute where it's just like they just, they just really haven't had enough time yet. They need more time. But before. Strasburg is young enough, right? We're, All these other guys we're talking about are all in their mid-30s. I think Strasburg is closer to Yeah, that's to why I think Sa- Strasburg and Sale have a chance to elevate themselves because they still have a couple good seasons probably left where you can expect elite-level performance, certainly. Yeah, Sale has 12 saves, I noticed, and that's interesting only because when he first came in the league, he wasn't you know the kind of pitcher he is today and uh, was, a, was a reliever, you mm-hmm. know, obviously uh, not necessarily a closer, but a relief pitcher. And I think it's interesting because there's three closers now, actually, that you bring up closers. There's three closers that... They could be Hall of Famers. Yeah, and 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 I think we we're going to dispel the notion of aggregating saves, right? So John Franco, former Reds and Mets closer, has over three hundred career saves. Is not a Hall of Famer and shouldn't be. Should not be. No, <laughs> Franco and, was a heart attack. So so inning. Fernando Rodney is a current player um, who's pitched seventeen years in the big leagues. He's got three hundred twenty-seven career saves. Okay, if if I told you the career war was seven four, and and if even if pitcher war doesn't matter, that's ridiculously low, and that guy is not anything but a compiler as far as yeah, I'm he is not somebody we would ever consider as a Hall of Famer. The but the other three, um, yeah, I think, uh, and they're still. 
I, close to their prime, would you say? I'd say they're still in it, certainly. I mean, you've got you've got Araldis Chapman. He of the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Kelly Jansen. Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, also of a 100-mile-an-hour 100 fastball. And Craig and Craig Kimball. Also of the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. It's a little bit of a theme you got going hmm. on there. How about that? But, I mean, all of those guys, I think, are certainly the elite closers of this. You know, the elite this closers generation. in the post-Mariano yeah, era. yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's probably the best way to frame they've it. All, they're all contemporaries, right? Because um, Jansen and Kimbrell have 11 years. Chapman, this is season number 10. I think he's, he's, I don't even think he's pitched yet, or maybe he has. He's also missed seasons due to injury. But so. the, the, the common theme among all these guys, aside from the saves, right? Uh, our Chapman has only got, got 273 because he's played one less season. The other guys have 305 for Jansen and 346 for Kimbrell, is the whip. Yeah. Right? 102 for Chapman. And then it goes down. Yeah, point nine for Jansen and point nine six for Kimbrell. Okay, that impresses me. That's when you're just not walking or, or uh, nobody's getting on base, basically. So I don't know if all three of them will make it in, but I think one of at least one of them will. Yeah, it's interesting. I just because I think three hundred saves no longer gets you in. It's so not is an it, auto qualified. Yeah, yeah. And, that's what's dead. I think you're not going to see guys that get auto qualified to the Hall of Fame anymore just because. Ding ding! You hit the right amount of stats. This is not going to happen. And and having like that sub one whip might be something we start saying that is a necessity for a relief pitch. Because, you got to have something extraordinary that's something, about you. And, and that's something that that's walks and hits per inning pitched. For those maybe if you don't know, if you've got a sub one whip. That basically means, on average, for any inning you go out there, you're not going to allow a base runner. So that is dominant, and and over the small amount of innings you pitch in a game, as opposed to, you know, when I look back, uh, I came up with a guy who, who isn't in the Hall of Fame, didn't make it in our in our initial Jim Cott, who pitched for 25 years, and 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 he had huge aggregate stats, but the guy pitched a ton of innings, and he won a lot of games, and I'm thinking maybe we should value that more highly that you went out there and. And took the ball and did that because it, in this but age of specialization, it doesn't happen. That's the thing. I don't think long. I think longevity in and of itself isn't a characteristic that makes you a Hall of Fame level player. Well, it, it should contribute to it because the idea that does you went out there without your best stuff and you kept pitching in the game because that was the way that the manager managed the game and you played for your team. You had to go out there. Right, but that doesn't mean you were one of the to, best. That doesn't mean you were one of the best baseball players. Well, the of fact all that you're able to be stay in the game but even there are when guys you didn't that, have it. But, but there's a lot of guys yeah. from that same era that did that, but did it a lot better. Uh, Jim Cott, I you know, I, I would throw my hat in and say maybe he's a guy we should reconsider. Mm. Um, anyway, there there are other guys that really don't really uh, have enough seasons. Uh, there's three guys uh, will kind of come around and talk about Rendon, who just went to the Angels, um, only eighth season. Arenado looks great out there in Colorado, eighth season. Mookie Betts out there in L.A. now. Again, he's only played seven seasons. So all three of those guys are certainly putting up the numbers that track towards being a Hall of Famer, they just literally aren't eligible yet. And then there are some guys that I think like they're they're kind of in the same category yeah. as the other ones. I think at least for two of them, you almost think they're probably going to get there if they play the requisite more. You know, next four or five seasons, like Stanton. Yes, well, Stanton can he stay healthy enough to play? I, yeah. I don't know. He might be a guy that doesn't make it, but we're all like, if he had ever just been healthy for those seasons, he's, there are a lot been. of guys like the eleven years he's somehow played, but it doesn't I, feel like it. I think this is a guy where if he had been able to play his entire career against the Mets, he would be a Hall of Famer for sure. <laughs> Chipper but, Jones Jr. Yeah, no, I think unfortunately <laughs> Freddie Freeman. Yeah, just isn't going to get there, even though he's a really good player. 
Well, he's he's young still, though. He's only like thirty one. Yeah, so, but but the chance he's he, in his career right now. He's at two hundred and twenty seven homers and hit two eighty eight. He's not going to be able to put together enough seasons from this point out to change those stats enough where he's going to be able to beat guys out above him that we already talked about on this list that we weren't sure you we're going to get in. Yeah, you know, you're right. And and, and actually, now that you say it, because I, I kind of feel like G. Freeman, because he just kills my team that, That's what it is. That's what I'm telling you, <laughs> is that to us, he's a Hall of Fame level player, right, because right. when he plays the Mets, he is a Hall but of Fame But he's so far player. from being Albert Pujols, if you want to say he's that He's far from position. being, uh, I mean, he's far from being Joey Votto. <laughs> Yeah, wow. That's over his career. Kind of harsh. I don't know. I don't want him to get mad at it. No, no. And I'm not saying that he isn't the player that Votto is, but it's just the difference between Freddie Freeman being an elite baseball player and Joey Votto being a Hall of Fame baseball player. And he has only one gold glove, does Freddie Freeman. And who's winning all the gold gloves at first base in the National League? Ooh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Votto. Yes. <laughs> so, it's and then cool. I think this is one you put on here. Yeah, you, just just to get your go- your dander up a little bit. Yeah, DJ LeMay. <laughs> so I put Deji in there because the first thing I notice is that he's he might be the only player ever to raise his average after leaving Colorado, which is amazing. His two seasons after leaving the Rockies, he has raised his batting average. How many times has that happened? Mm-hmm. Um, his his last couple of years has been really, really good. He might be the kind of guy that just turns it on a little too late into his career. You're probably right. He does play a middle infield position. So I, I, I think if he could have five excellent years and average 20 home runs a season and hit 320 you might be talking about him differently than that may not happen obviously but his his recent run makes him think gee who who would even think of him in that category so Mm -hmm. i just threw him in there and so i think with this last guy i haven't sprung this on you yet but i think this is a good idea so for the last guy, because I think this last guy we're going to talk about here is probably the person that most embodies the idea that the the idea of what makes up a Hall of Famer has changed because you can put up the kind of statistics that used to make you essentially a lock-in for a Hall of Fame, and you can't really do that anymore. So I think this last guy, it's really interesting, is he to me, he's really kind of like a lightning rod in terms of the polarization on this issue. Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Because well. if you look at his career numbers, I mean – He's almost a 280 career hitter, 278. He's hit 405 home runs. Right, with the batting A, which is 280. So that's that's really good. Career OPS of 133. That's very good. You don't do that by accident. Now, he's only got 38 war in 16 seasons. So that puts him below what he would need. And I think we're all talking about Nelson Cruz because at age 40 or something he's, right oh, he's definitely up there. Um, he is having his best seasons. He's had a few amazing seasons. Last year was amazing. His start this year has been incredible. And and so that he's in the top of your mind because he's he's hitting home runs and, and hitting for average in a way that he hadn't done prior uh, earlier in his career because you don't hit 278 mm-hmm. for your career unless you had some seasons that were you know much below that. So well, after this episode up, they're going to post a poll on Twitter asking you guys if you think Nelson Cruz should be all oh, that's a good idea yeah because uh, to me i think he embodies the idea of whether or not compilers should be in the hall of fame because if to me he's probably one of the more elite examples of a compiler type guy and he's principally a dh uh, at this point in his career which to me does not help him no but he has played the field yeah, in they his do career. put him out there sometimes in the field so even he, now he is yeah even now so he's not a guy that is only dh but he's no edgar martinez no, but I think it's interesting. You know, if you to, to me, if a rejection of Nelson Cruz is a rejection of the idea of compilers. I like Nelly Cruz as and a I player. And I like Nelly Cruz too. I would love to have him on the Mets. But uh, yeah, I don't think uh, he's he's going to get there. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Coop. <laughs>